This is the 77 WABC minicast. And in fact, we have Professor Dershowitz joining us right now. Uh, he is here on the phone. Uh, joining us now is the great uh, Harvard Law School professor, uh, Alan Dershowitz. Professor Dershowitz, this is enormous news today. Uh, what's your reaction to the fact that the Supreme Court said, no, Jack Smith, you can't fast track it. You're going to have to go back to the lower courts. Uh, this is a big loss, I think, for the special counsel. Well, as you might imagine, I predicted it absolutely accurately a few days ago, including on your show. Um, and I've said there was a total contradiction. The trial judge keeps saying, I'm treating him like he's an ordinary guy. He's not running for president. He's not a former president. He's an ordinary guy. And ordinary guys don't get delays. We don't get anything. Just treat him like an ordinary guy. And then Jack Smith comes in and says, this is not an ordinary guy. He's running for president. We got to change the system. We got to eliminate the right of a, an appellate review. We have to go right to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court saw through it. And it looks like it was nine to nothing. And I don't know whether what it portends for some of the other cases. Wow, was it, does, uh, was it nine to nothing? John and I were just well, going nine no, to nothing. Yeah, there was no dissent noted. And that was just on the issue of whether to take the case on an expedited fashion. Now, the next case that's going to come up, you don't have to take it on an expedited fashion because it comes from Colorado and there's no intermediate court of appeals. And so this is the absurd Colorado ruling that uh, Donald Trump fought in the Civil War. Just imagine him with that gray hat on, you know, fighting against fighting for the rebels because the 14th Amendment obviously was designed to make sure that people who fought in the Civil War can't run for uh, high office. But uh, I, I don't know what the court will. I think the court will take that one on a relatively quick basis. And I think I'm going to make another prediction. They will reverse it. They will not allow the Colorado Supreme Court to decide who you can vote for for president of the United States. That would be the most undemocratic uh, rule imaginable. It would really, as the former, some South American presidents have said, stop lecturing us on democracy (laughs) when you're trying to deny people the right to vote. Yeah, it looks like a banana republic. Uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz, we have uh, former Governor David Patterson. So, Alan, I just want you to explain to me how someone gets kicked off the ballot theoretically because of wrongs that they did when there's actually no evidence of the wrong. In other words, he may have done this, but no congressional uh, committee found him to be in violation. There was no court that found him. They're investigating him now. But how could they take him off anticipating that he would be uh, charged with uh, some of the acts on January 6th or any other time? Jack Smith didn't even charge him. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't even charge him. Yeah, yeah, and Jack Smith, be, you know, if he could have, he would have. Oh, if he could have, he would have. <laughs> Let me be the devil's advocate. I always, when I taught, always was present the opposite view from what I believe to challenge the students. Here's what the Colorado court said. The Colorado court said we had a full trial. Uh, the trial court found, found without a jury, but just found, as a matter of fact, that he had committed um, these acts. Now, you know, the trial court never defined what the acts, uh, what they were, uh, because, you know, what he did was was just make a speech and people had a, 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 a revolution uh, that turned violent. But they didn't try to overthrow the government. They were just trying to um, advocate for a change in the law. So. You know, they're going to say, again, I'm just presenting the other side, that there has been a judicial finding, not a jury finding, but a judge finding 
that um, that uh, he did commit insurrection and rebellion. But it's nonsense. He didn't commit insurrection and rebellion. You know, there are two elements that they focus on. Number one, the fact that other people engaged in violence. Well, you know, guilt is individual in this country. And the second is that he was involved in an effort to try to get the vice president <clears throat> not to uh, certify. But that's a legal issue. If you don't like it, you appeal it, and you win. But using legal methods to try to undo an election is not an insurrection or rebellion. It's exactly the opposite. You know, in American history, we've had Shays' rebellion. We had Aaron Burr's rebellion. We know what a rebellion is, and it's not what happened on January 6th. Yeah, and not when someone it says peacefully and patriotically, too. I, you know, um, I want to go back to the, the big thing here, uh, also, Professor Dershowitz, with Jack Smith, this decision, because Jack Smith uh, wanted the trial to start March 4th. Um, that's why he was rushing to see, get this, you know, presidential immunity issue done. The next day is Super Tuesday. So what a of number course. of people were saying is now it goes down to the appeals court. Does this mean a lot of people think that now this case may not happen? It doesn't look like it will happen in March, probably. It may not happen this year. Um, well, how, what, what does that mean to the timetable? You know, here's my prediction. The Court of Appeals, um, which is very much anti-Trump will expedite the appeal. In fact, they've already expedited it. I think arguments are on January 9th. They will come down with a very, very quick decision saying that uh, you can uh, put him on trial, that he doesn't have immunity. That will be their decision. The Trump people will then appeal it immediately to the Supreme Court. And the question at that point is whether the Supreme Court will take the case up quickly, because at that point, the issue will be uh, the Trump People will want the case to be reviewed, and the uh, Jack Smith people won't. And so we, the Supreme Court's going to get another crack at this because yep. we can be almost completely certain that the Court of Appeals in the District of Columbia will rule against Trump. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Bob, before we let you go, uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz, I want you wrote a great book. It's called The War Against the Jews. Yeah, and um, there are so many calls today for Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard, uh, to be removed. There's these allegations, 40 allegations of plagiarism. Yeah. And uh, now there's a report out. This was really interesting. It just came out. Um, and John, and I were talking about this Obama privately yeah. lobbying Harvard's right. president. Uh, what do you make of all this? Well, I, I believe it. I think Obama was lobbying the president, was lobbying the board. He's very close to the chairman of the board. She was, you know, his in his cabinet, and she was also one of his major fundraisers. And I think he has her on the speed dial. And um, it, it, it's it's an outrage. You know, I had a student some years ago who engaged. He was a senior student. And he was dyslexic, so we had a, an appointed secretary from the school. And he put footnotes in a four-page draft of something he did, but the secretary failed to put in the footnotes and sent it to the teacher. We had the original with all the footnotes. And they said, and this is what they said exactly, even if it was accidental, even if it was not intentional, that's no excuse. If it was plagiarism it's plagiarism and the kid got all kind of problems suspended i had to take the case to court and we eventually won but harvard's policy for years has always been no excuses for plagiarism if you borrow people's words and don't cite them appropriately and we know she did that uh, but harvard has now introduced the new concept which was never 
I believe, there when I was there for 50 years, and that it has to be either intentional or negligent. I don't believe that's the rule that Harvard has applied to the students over the years. I think they've applied a double standard to her once again. The amazing thing, Alan, is that I was always taught that the real scholarship was the ability to quote, not to copy. In other words, to to actually demonstrate that you had read what this person said and how interesting it was. But as long as you quoted the person, it could be, of course, part of your argument. And there's so many shocking examples of very well-known people getting caught with this. Well, the most extreme example is she was such a copycat that she actually copied the words of somebody else's acknowledgement. <laughs> in her acknowledgements, that's not even scholarship. Can't you just make up your own acknowledgement? Isn't it supposed to come from the heart rather than from somebody else's words? I mean, she is not an appropriate president for Harvard. She is not an appropriate role model for the students and the faculty. And I think... Harvard is going downhill, but I don't think they have the courage to stand up because what they're saying is, oh, if we if we change it now, we'll be giving in to the rich donors. What do you think the corporation is? They're rich donors. The ones who appointed are, are all rich donors. They should listen to Ackman, who's written a long letter. They never even responded to his letter. Right to and Bill Ackman, exactly, the big hedge fund. The, the interesting thing is that some of these people are accusing of plagiarizing from their work. They're anonymous because they're scared. Yeah, yeah, although there's one, there's Carol Swain, who's... Well, she's come out, but there are others who want to be anonymous because they're scared. My colleagues at the law school faculty are scared. They've all gathered around her. I don't believe they all think that, but they're afraid, they say, that if they give in to the donors, that their independence will be diminished. Well, you know, Harvard isn't only the current faculty. Harvard has a long tradition, 1600s. And it consists of alumni, it consists of donors, it consists of future students, former students. Everybody should be listened to. The Harvard Crimson refused to publish a letter that I wrote to the Harvard Crimson, uh, first time in 65 years that I've written a letter that hasn't been published because it was critical of gay. The New York Post today published it. And you can read it in the Post. But the Crimson refused to publish my letter. That is crazy. Totalitarianism has sunk over Harvard. Even the student newspaper won't allow a 60-year professor at Harvard to write a polite letter critical of President Gay. That is crazy. That is unbelievable. And you know what? What I keep thinking about is also the double standard because the UPenn president, who gave the same answers, essentially, as the head of Harvard, she was gone. It was like uh, five minutes, you know? Um, I I mean, what does this say about the fight, um, you know, against these anti-Semitic protests, too, Professor Dershowitz? Because that's troubling. It's very troubling, and it also shows a double standard. When you have somebody who has been part of the DEI movement, the diversity, equity, and inclusion movement, they're protected. They're protected. Um, And if she was appointed as a result of the DEI movement, nobody knows, obviously, what the reasons were she was appointed. But she surely, objectively, was not the most qualified person for the job. Um, Then, uh, you know, it is a double standard. And the president of Penn who had a much, much better, she was the dean of the Stanford Law School. Um, she was a First Amendment expert. She at least had the credibility to talk about the First Amendment, whereas Gay discovered the First Amendment on October 7th. Yeah, right. All that butchery occurred. She had never defended the First Amendment before, but when it comes to Jew haters, oh, the First Amendment, context, context. 
Well, the real context is what Harvard has been doing for years, punishing people for microaggressions, but then saying it's not punishable except in context if you call for the genocide against the Jews. You can't misgender somebody. That's inexcusable. But genocide against the Jews, context, context, context. It's the double standard that's so devastating to her. Yeah, shameful. Well, I'm glad that you are speaking out about it. Uh, Professor yeah. Alan Dershowitz, thank you so much. Thank we you. always Merry love Christmas, your pers- everybody. Hey, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.